Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. I'm Frank Sherwin, zoologist and research associate with the Institute for Creation Research. Join me for today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation. Our created moon is unusually large. It is the fifth largest moon in our solar system. It's over one quarter the size of Earth in diameter and is easily one of the better evidences for God's creation. The moon is a masterwork of design. It's just the right size to aid life on Earth by regularly circulating billions of tons of water by way of tides. And this is done twice in a 24-hour period. The moon gives extra light at night when it's not too cloudy. And it's critical in stabilizing Earth's axis. How many poets have written about the moon appealing to emotions and sense of beauty? Clearly, the very existence of the moon challenges the hypothetical and secular explanations of those who do not wish to include God in their thinking. Well, how is it that from a supposed violent impact over four billion years ago called the giant impact hypothesis, our moon, now conveniently coalesced, completes an orbit around the Earth in as little as 27 days? and turns on its axis in exactly the same amount of time. And if the moon and Earth both supposedly formed from the same planetary cloud billions of years ago, why do they look so different? So, we should address the origin of the moon. Where did it come from? Some may remember that years ago there were three standard theories for the moon's origin. The first is a cosmic collision. The second, something called co-accretion, and accretion means small rocks coming together spontaneously to make bigger rocks. And finally, number three, the spin-off model. But these were all falsified by Apollo scientific data in the 60s and 70s. The currently favored giant impact model, though more recent, seems destined for the same fate. In fact, in September 2013, Space.com reported, and I quote, this giant impact model, more hypothesis, however, has its own issues, as did all the alternative moon formation theories discussed at the Origin of the Moon Conference at the Royal Society, end quote. For example, one of the many problems or issues in the secular moon formation model is that they cannot account for the high angular momentum of the Earth-Moon system. In 2013, the Open University in the UK reported that minerals in lunar rocks hold water remnants. Well, creation scientists ask if this lunar water could support the biblical account of the moon's origin. The discovery that water was present during the moon's formation not only weakens secular theories of a molten red-hot moon in the past, but also confirms the Bible's suggestion of a cold and wet lunar origin of just thousands of years ago. 
Certainly, God created the moon to be quite exceptional. In 1999, science team leader from the University of Arizona, Lon Hood, said in regard to the moon's core, and I quote, This really does add weight to the idea that the moon's origin is unique, unlike any other terrestrial body, Earth, Venus, Mars, or Mercury. So, if secular astronomers don't know where the moon, which is our closest celestial neighbor, came from, then why should we be so quick to accept the explanation of where anything else in the universe came from, including any planet or moon in our solar system? Two atheist astronomers stated in their 2014 text, Astronomy Today, quote, Earth is neither central nor special. We inhabit no unique place in the universe, end quote. Well, how do they know that we are not special or that we inhabit no unique place in the universe? Good scientific observations say otherwise. The Earth is very special, and so is its moon. Over a decade ago, two British researchers, Christopher Knight and Alan Butler, who described themselves as dyed-in-the-wool agnostics, wrote a fascinating 2005 book entitled, Who Built the Moon? Well, this is a significant title based on what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1 when he stated that God's creation is clearly seen. Although they're agnostics, the authors are validating what Paul said over 2,000 years ago. God's creation, in this case the moon, is clearly seen. We were confused at first, admitted Alan Butler, co-author of Who Built the Moon. He said, where there should have been random disconnected numbers, and he means their evolution, he said there were beautifully harmonious relationships and repeating patterns. Well, that is more like creation. Then Alan Butler said, it struck us as though we were looking at some kind of engineering blueprint involving the Earth and the Moon's interaction around the Sun, end quote. Well, we know that something as detailed as an engineering blueprint doesn't come about by time and chance and natural processes, but blueprints certainly come about by plan and purpose and special creation. And so what we are seeing is that the moon is a very dynamic testimony to God's creation in the sky. Every time we look at it, we should think about its creation by the all-wise creator. Now it's time for a short break. I'll return with some final words on this topic in a moment. What happened to the dinosaurs? Are monkeys and people the same? Why do we live on Earth and not some other planet? Kids have some great questions about God's creation, but do you have the answers for them? At the Institute for Creation Research, our scientists and Bible scholars have produced The Guide to Creation Basics. This book contains full-colored images and fascinating commentary from experts in biology, geology, astronomy, and biblical study. Guide to Creation Basics can help teach your children how the animals could fit on Noah's Ark, how dinosaurs and humans could live at the same time, and how God's power and wisdom can be seen in something as small as a single cell. Find basic answers to your child's biggest creation questions. Order your copy of Guide to Creation Basics from the Institute for Creation Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting www.icr.org. 
Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In the first half of our program, we saw that when it comes to the origin of the moon, there's been a number of hypotheses or ideas from secular astronomers as to how the moon came about strictly by naturalistic processes. But the problem is none of them work. All of these have serious physical problems in the area of physics and cosmology. Meanwhile, the creation model states that God created the moon during the six-day creation week. But let's continue with the unique nature of the moon. Our moon stabilizes the Earth's tilt, the angle formed by the Earth's axis of rotation compared to its orbital plane, which allows Earth's climate to avoid extreme and deadly fluctuations. How did that come about? By time and chance or by plan and purpose? One evolutionist said in August of 2006, quote, The moon's orbit is fiendishly difficult to explain, moving as it does around a rotating Earth, which together form a double planet system that orbits around the sun, end quote. Our solar system also contains thousands of asteroids and meteoroids. These sometimes collide with planets. Jupiter keeps large rocks from hitting Earth by attracting them with its strong gravitational field. The Earth's huge moon also protects us from many of the rocks that cross our planet's path. The craters across the moon's surface demonstrate asteroids colliding with the moon instead of possibly striking the Earth in the past. The moon's south pole, Aitken Basin, is the largest known crater in our solar system. It's 8 miles deep and 1,500 miles across. The recent suggestion of possible volcanic action on the moon forming geologic formations called irregular mare, and mare is a Latin word for sea, patches, is at odds with the current secular theory of the moon's geology. It states the moon should have cooled and solidified approximately a billion years ago, prohibiting further geologic activity. But if the features of these irregular mayor patches are volcanic in origin, it is, quote, literally going to make geologists rewrite the textbooks about the moon, end quote, said an evolutionist in October of 2014. Creation scientists suggest this geologic activity could have been happening since the creation of the moon just thousands of years ago. In fact, in 2014, Japanese scientists have determined that a soft, hot core remains in the center of our moon, contrary to evolutionary expectations. The problem is compounded because heat is lost more rapidly from a small body, in this case the moon, than a large one. In 2010, Science Magazine reported that cameras on the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter showed that the moon may not be dead and cold, but possibly geologically active and still forming scarps from something called thrust faulting. Now, if this is true and the jury is still out, creation scientists would see this as evidence of a young moon. The relatively low number of craters overall indicates that the moon is young, closer to thousands, not four billion years old. In addition to evidence of possible young lunar volcanism, there is scientific evidence indicating that the moon's rate of cratering was fast and not slow. 
And scientists now say the moon once had a magnetic field stronger than Earth's is now. In Science Magazine and other news outlets, Benjamin Weiss, a professor of physics at MIT, expressed his surprise that a body so small could generate this much power. This unexpectedly strong field is now detectable only in remnant magnetism in lunar rocks. And this observational fact to list the evidences for a young solar system. These observations are only a problem for evolution's long ages. The moon is definitely God's testimony in the sky. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.